Greetings to you all on this Wednesday evening. Good to have you here as a part of our midweek service. Um, we rejoice to, to uh, le as a leadership team to tell you that the loan has been closed. It, it's been signed and sealed and delivered. So we praise God for that. That's been a long process. I want to thank um, especially um, for um, Andy and for Cliff for their hard work in doing all the paperwork and all of the legwork to, to secure that. So it's been signed. We are um, just uh, about to sign the contract so we can get started on the work, and so that'll be signed in a day or two. So we're, we're excited to, to know that that work is gonna be underway. All right, we're looking forward to our anniversary service this Sunday. Um, we have normally been kind of low-key on our anniversaries and this is low-key as well we don't have any um, like special guests um, but we are thankful that God has kept this his work done here through a sweet communion I'm so thankful as we talk about prayer tonight we're gonna be looking at Psalm 34 but I'm so thankful for those who have prayed over the years uh, for God's work especially God's work here in sweet communion and you know when you pray faithfully um, it's not just your prayer, it's, it's your, your effort behind that, and that you pray that God will do and you're willing to do all that he would have you to do. And that's what I've seen here at Sweet Communion, that those who, who pray and who give themselves over for God's work. And so uh, I am thankful uh, for, for that and for those who do that. One, one little example, and I can mention that because the two uh, are here present today who, who I can mention. On Sunday, we had uh, uh, we were host to a church who used our service at four o'clock in the afternoon for their baptistry, and uh, I had forgot to mention that to our group as a whole. Our leadership team had had been mentioned at every meeting that we had, but I didn't mention. And one of the key persons I didn't mention it to is the one who who is uh, does all the work to set up baptistry, and that was Nick. And uh, he just changed his schedule on a dime and made that happen. He both set up communion and if you, I mean not communion, ba baptism, if you, well you don't know what that's involved if you've never done it, but um, the water doesn't, you know, it's not like you turn on your bathtub and, and five minutes later it fills up. It takes an hour and a half or a little longer for our baptistry to, to fill up and so you, you can't just turn it on and leave. You gotta kind of be watching that. So. I want to thank him for, for doing that. He normally does that, and then on spirit of, spirit of men uh, notice he, he, he did that. And then you have to come back during the week, and he did that again to, uh, to empty it. And so I want to thank him. And Lawrence as well, thank you for just making yourself available uh, for the, uh, the church as uh, just for, you know, giving them what they need in terms of lights and sound and mics and and all of that access to where, wherever they needed. And they were thankful to, to us as hosts, and I want to thank those two especially for, for what they did. And I know many of you helped uh, make the church presentable and clean and all that was needed, and all that is appreciated. And I want to say thank you to, to all of you who did that. And it's, it's a good thing to be able to um, have a building where we can use it that way. Uh, so often when we started ministry that we needed someone, we needed a place to go to, to have baptisms. And uh, now we have our own place and we can help be a help to others. So praise God for that. 
So Psalm 34 tonight, let's take a brief look at uh, prayer in Psalm 34. He starts off with a praise, I will bless the Lord at all times. Um, Sunday we talked about four words that just kind of identify where your, um, wh who your God is. Talked about um, fear, follow, honor, and uh, uh, love. So if you look at those things and where your greatest fear, your, your follow, your practice, who, who do you honor or what do you hold in highest regard in your life, and what's your greatest love? You will actually identify your God. Now, it might turn out to be, you know, a 2021 Jeep or something like that. I don't know. But um, that's your God. And that you can, you can identify it that way. Um, God is to be our God. And the psalmist says here, he will honor him. He will praise him. Uh, my soul makes it boast in the Lord. He praises God, oh, magnify the Lord uh, with me. And then he, he goes into um, reasons why he can pray. I, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 4, he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Um, and so... He made a practice of calling on, on God, and he, he saw that God responded to his need, responded to his prayer, and he would continue to, to pray to God. He invites us to do that. Oh, taste and see, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. A um, couple of the verses to point out. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ear toward their cry. In other words, God ears and knows the needs of his people. He knows them even before we speak them. But he wants us to speak them to him because that's an exercise of our faith. There's a little echo. You can turn me down a little bit. Uh, that's an exercise of our faith. Uh, when we actually come to God and ask him for what it is we need. Um, so we're recognizing that it's through God our need is supplied. Verse 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Again, he mentions the righteous and he mentions their cry for help and he mentions that God hears, God listens. God pays attention. He's attentive to that. He responds to his own people. Implication, of course, is that he does not respond to, he does not listen, does not, he's not attentive to those who don't know him, who don't have relationship with him. You know, uh, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he says, start this way, our Father, that there's a relationship that we have with God. And I like the, the plural uh, 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 pronoun there, our Father. That there's a collection. We're not alone as we go and seek God. We're not his only child. <laughs> In other words, we have more who relate with us. And we have a community of believers. And prayer is often an expression in that community. 
in the midst of others. One of the reasons why we pray before others tonight is that we encourage others with our prayers. And they don't just know that, that we say we pray for them, but they hear us pray for them. And so Jesus says, when you pray, pray our Father. We have a personal relationship in which we are part of a group. We are part of a body. We are part of the people of God. Our Father who art in heaven, we recognize who God is and where he is. That he in heaven depicts that he's holy. In heaven depicts that he's in control, that he's mighty, he is sovereign. He, everything happening here is under his jurisdiction. And so we can pray. We can pray with great hope that he sees all that goes on and he's in control of all that goes on. So he says this, uh, verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Now, in the previous verse, we're identified as a righteous. Here, it shows you the characteristic of the righteous. Brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. What that means is that... Um, Brokenhearted has 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 actually two senses to it, right? One is is humble because um, we don't, you know, we put ourselves in right perspective, but also we're brokenhearted because of what? Because of the trials of life. <laughs> it's the righteous who are often uh, 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 afflicted, you know. It's the righteous who are often beat up and 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 preyed upon. Uh, Cain and Abel, the first children uh, ever born. What happened to Abel, the righteous one, killed by the wicked one, uh, killed by his own brother Cain? He was killed because he was righteous. It's like, man, I don't like that you got an acceptable gift and I don't. And he got so angry, he got so jealous that he killed his own brother. The righteous are often afflicted. Brokenhearted is that... We, we, we have a hard, we have a, a, a difficult life. Being of faith and trusting God puts a target on our backs. <laughs> now, you can say that's discouraging, but the encouraging part is, is that we have that relationship with God and we have a target on our back because of that relationship with God. But because of that relationship with God, we're protected as well. We're protected by God. That the Lord is near to those who um, um, who are brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Verse nineteen it just continues that thought. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now the first part of that is counter to what many religions say today. If you are righteous, you will be blessed, and God will, you know. You won't go through as much. That's simply not true. That is not the main tenor of what the Word of God says. I mentioned Abel. Abel is simply a picture of Christ. What did Christ do that people hated him so much? Uh, I was talking to a group of pastors, and we were talking about you know, racism and across America and just kind of the history of it. And... Uh, and I was telling them as a as a young young boy growing up in the sixties and seeing a lot of the, the unrest that happened at that time, I wondered out loud, why do people treat each other like that? What what what's what is the what happened 
that people are, are so ill-spirited and hateful and, and evil. Um, well, Jesus was treated like that for doing absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, for, for, for being a perfect, holy individual. And so, says many are the afflictions of the righteous. The truth is, if we're going to live righteous, we are going to suffer affliction. And because of that, we need to pray. But because of that, we can pray, and we need to pray. So pray for your brother or sister who is, um, is being challenged now, um, who is, is walking a difficult life um, because of their faith, or maybe simply walking a difficult life in their faith. Uh, they may not be persecuted because of faith, but in their faith, they have some challenges that they face, and we want to pray for them tonight. <clears throat> Verse 22, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Psalm says that so many ways and so many times. None of them will be ashamed. None of them will be condemned. He's saying, look, it is worth it to serve God. God is going to show himself. Uh, he's going to justify his own people. Now, he doesn't always do that in this lifetime. But certainly we will see um, God make right. We're going to see his way, and we're going to rejoice when we finally see that. We don't always see it here on this side of of, of heaven um, but God is just and God is in control and we're going to see his kingdom and he told us to pray your kingdom come we look forward to that because on earth we have we see so much nonsense and so we want to continue to pray he redeems the life of his servant none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned it will be all worth it for us as we trust God. We remind ourselves of that. We encourage ourselves with that. And we continue uh, to be faithful in serving God. And we continue to be faithful in prayer tonight. Good evening, saints. I'm going to be meditating through John 15. Last week we talked about Jesus saying, I am the true vine. And this sense that being connected to him will lead us to be connected to one another. And this idea of obedience and love being one and the same. This idea that strength comes from relying on him. And he is a source of strength and not our inner strength. It's not the branch that should be bragging. It's the tree trunk should be bragging, right? It's a tree trunk that defines a tree. Branches can fall off here and there. It's still a tree. But the branch is an extension of that tree. And so he starts to talk a lot about love. And so we get into this contrasting section now. He's going to talk a lot about hate. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. 
if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But when the helper comes, he, I will send whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. This is section. And it talks about if the world hates us. You got to remember, we oftentimes can forget that this is a spiritual world first before it's a physical world. I think sometimes we think about the physical world before we see the spiritual, right? But this world, this existence, physical came second. God was spirit. He was first. And when we look at how people react to things, we'll start to note sometimes you'll see strange reactions from people. It's funny how somebody that's gay will identify with somebody that's Muslim. It's funny how that happens. Funny how somebody can be like, hey, man, anti-Israel, as liberal as can be, and then you'll turn around and you'll see a Jewish guy be as left-wing as he can be. And you look at the two and you might say, how did they get along? And what we see is this, that the world is united. The world can unite. They're not as united as they will be. But when people unite, the world looks up to those moments when they unite. And I'm always afraid of those moments when they unite. Because I never really see it working out for good spiritually. Tower of Babel. Right? People united. What they do? God told us to do this. Let's do that. People unite not to uphold God's will, but they seem to unite to oppose God. Said the world hates you. Know that it hated me before it hated you. Is something important for us to recognize is this. When we preach the truth, it's not personal, right? It's not personal. It shouldn't be personal. It becomes personal, but it's not, doesn't start that way, right? We preach a sermon. We teach a lesson. We speak the truth out there. You go to work, you preach. You talk to your family, you're preaching. You're doing all kind of stuff, and, and people will take it personal because their lives are affected, right? And they might say something against you, and you might say to yourself, why did this person not like me? I've never been mean to them. Right? Why did, what they got against me? What have I done? And this passage is answering that, right? What have you done? Nothing. 
but you belong to Jesus. He said, remember what I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they killed Jesus, why wouldn't they kill you? He also says something that's interesting. He says this. They will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Now, that might seem like an aside, but to me that is essential to understanding what church and how church works. People often say, if Jesus came here right now, I would obey him. Are you obeying your pastor? If you ain't obeying your pastor who you see, you will not obey Jesus who you cannot see. Because for you, the minister of Jesus sent to you is the pastor before you. People will say, well, you know, did God say that? And literally, God has sent a saint to talk to them about things that's going on in their life. And they mad because they can't find a verse in the Bible that say they shouldn't do the silly thing that they're doing. But God sent a saint specifically for you. And he's going to take that person when they get in march before the throne of God. He's going to take them and say, hey, man, remember when I sent Andy to you and he told you not to date this person? That wasn't in the Bible is what you said. I sent my word through my servant, which should be an incredible privilege for you. And what did you do? You slapped my face. Because when they deny you, who do they deny? They deny God. See, it's important for us to follow the leadership of the church, not because the leadership of the church is perfect, just like we honor the president. We don't have to vote for the president or like the president, but we need to respect him. Why? Because God appointed that authority. God appointed representatives of Jesus Christ in the church. Who are those? Those are our leaders. Those are our teachers. And if we're going to sit there and say, we're going to do what we want to, instead of what they're saying, then we're not really following Jesus. And if we're not following Jesus, where do we think we end up? It has to be bluntly said because people want to muddle it. But Jesus doesn't muddle things here, does he? He says, whoever hates me hates my father also. There's a lot of people who say they believe in God, but they don't necessarily believe in Jesus. You're lying. You are a liar. Now, this part may seem to be disconnected, but it's really not. He says, when a helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, why does he talk about the helper after he just talked about hatred? Well, when you get hatred, you don't necessarily feel good about it, right? And who gets sent to you? Who gets sent is the comforter. Sometimes hatred can make us doubt whether we're doing the right thing. And that's one of the biggest struggles that I've seen with a lot of believers. And I even saw, you know, my family comes and visits from Indiana, and they really struggle with the hatred of other people in the family towards them because they're believers. And that makes them doubt. So I pray for them, man. But it's hard to, to console them because in the moments when I'm not there, I can't be their backbone, right? But who can be? The Holy Spirit. Right? If you don't rely on the Holy Spirit to convict you and to support you, then that means that whenever anybody else is not there, you automatically going to fall away. 
because this section is written because of 16 verse 1. I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. What can make us fall away? Hatred? Discouragement? What can make us fall away? Thinking that we somehow, because we are physically losing, that we lost the will of God. Or as the Chinese call it, they call it the mandate of heaven. And what they mean by that is, when you're doing right, somehow the heavens, and they got many gods, but the whole point is this, somehow the heavens will bless and select the emperor, right? And he will be blessed, and that's how you know he's the emperor, because he's blessed. And if somebody kills him and takes over the kingdom, guess what? We worship that guy too. Why? Because he got the mandate of heaven. If he didn't have a mandate of heaven, how could he be emperor? And it may seem twisted, but there's a lot of truth to that, right? But some Christians think to themselves, man, the church is not growing. People ain't listening. People is going as far as to put out transgender and act like that's something that the next four layer of bigotry, we got to stop, right? If you don't say that man is a beautiful woman, you a bigot. Love that mustache with that lipstick under it. And if you don't, you messed up. And that's becoming something. Those of us who work in corporate America are starting to see that. Y'all laughing, but I'm going to lose my job one of these days. I'm going to lose. No, I'm serious. Y'all who work at the mission, y'all don't know how, how blessed y'all is. Because some of us got to go through sensitivity training and sit there and watch this stuff and be thinking to ourselves. I nod my head because, you know, yeah. Yeah, I passed that video. Yeah, flying colors, mustache. Yeah, that, what a beautiful woman. And it's like, that's how you got to get through. But at some point, they're going to be like, you not, you don't really believe this, do you? And I'm going to be like, no, bro. Never did. And that's when it's going to be a problem. Because I'm going to be a bigot. I'm going to be a hater. Then I'm going to lose my job. And people going to be saying, man, if you would have just said this, I'm still in God's hands. Even though I lose my job, I'm still in God's hands. These things are being told to us. Why? So that when we do lose our jobs, when the Bible is the next book to be banned, we might know that God is still with us. We're not relying on this political system or winning an election or getting somebody, one of us elected mayor. We're not relying on that. God's will will proceed. So let's trust in that. These things are written to keep us from falling away. Good evening, everybody. A few in the proud. Um, today I just want to focus on a couple prayer items, uh, praise items, I should say. Um, I was going to do one of these and then Another one popped in my head, so we're going to do them. They're going to seem like they're not really connected, but they are kind of. But um, what I would like to focus on today is, um, one, this weekend is our anniversary. So that's awesome. Um, 27 years, right? Um, God has kept this ministry going for 27 years. He's been using us in a mighty way. So I just want to have, Don, if you could just pray for that, um, just praising God for what he's done and what he's continuing to do through us. And then Aaron, um, I got to give you the preface on what I was thinking about this one is because it just seemed weird. 
But if you could pray for just the majesty of God's creation, um, totally unrelated. I was just listening to this thing on the radio, and it actually wasn't even, I was flipping through the stations, and this guy was talking about how they went on a trip to Niagara Falls. And that just triggered me thinking about Niagara Falls. So the whole point of it was, like, just if you think, if you've ever been there, if you've seen it, how beautiful Niagara Falls is. People, like, drive from all over the place to see this. And we have things like that all over our world, which God's created. He's got the mountains, these different, you know, tropical, subtropical places. Um, and just when you think about it, you're just like, man, God is good. Like, look at the things he made. They're so beautiful. And he made for us to enjoy, Right? Um, I mean, we could have done fine with just flat land. It was all farmland that just met our needs of survival, and that was it. But no, he created a world that's diverse. It's got a bunch of different climates, a bunch of different terrains. Um, I think um, me and Chantel one time, we went to um, New Mexico. And I think it's like in New Mexico, you, you just drive around and you go through like four different, um, I forget what it is, like kind of terrain kind of areas. So, like, yeah, there's, like, mountains, there's, like, deserts, there's, like, because um, you right, goes right by the Rio Grande, so you have some of the, the um, kind of uh, stuff that grows around there and stuff like that. But how that one little area has just got four different kind of uh, areas that all has um, those different features. So if you could just kind of focus on that, Aaron, and then I will close this. Dear Lord, we come to you today with a thankful heart, just praising you and just... Just taking the time to um, say thank you for bringing us um, sweet communion from year to year to year and all the different things you've done for us, Lord, and how you've kept us throughout the time that we've been um, ministry, Lord, and just thinking over 27 years and how this ministry started in um, our home and how you we went from the YMCA and the, um, the different locations and setting up chairs and um, during that time, just having the children to raise and different jobs and um, bringing new families into the church and taking different families out and just so many different transitions, Lord, that the church has gone through. But, Lord, through it all, you have kept us. You have kept us faithful to your word. You have kept us um, faithful to you. And no matter what the circumstance, Lord, you have sustained us and you have been. It is a testament to you and your faithfulness that we still stand and the sweet communion is supported financially and people come here physically and the visions that they've had to encourage men has is starting to be fulfilled by the, them working with men at the mission and you have saving the men at the mission and some of them are becoming a part of sweet communion lord and it's just a blessing to see um what you have done here through um this small group of people lord but it has been ordained by you that we be here and that um, that this fellowship would be um, bring you glory in what we do, Lord, and how we do it, Lord, that we have trusted you to stay close to your word and how we have gone through um, um, different weddings, different births, uh, different burials, Lord, and so many different things that involve our everyday life, Lord. And um, we just thank you and praise you for the 27 years you've given to us, Lord. I thank you for calling Brian and myself into ministry. I thank you, Lord. It is an honor to be called into your work and to do the work of ministry, Lord, and to, uh, um, to have such a calling that we get to share the gospel with people and we get to um, 
not just see their lives change for the moment, but see their lives change for all eternity. And so, Lord, I am so thankful for your blessings and pray that um, as long as you give us um, breath in our body, that we will continue to be faithful and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for the, the miracle of your creation in, in us individually and in this world that you have placed us in, Lord. The people that don't know you, they try to explain away and, and create their own explanation as to why things are what they are. But those of us who know you, Lord, we, we can see how everything fits together so perfectly that it can only be manufactured by a creator who had a perfect plan for everything and everyone. So, Father, I just thank you for that plan that you have set in motion and the fact that nothing can prevent that, nothing can stop that, nothing can get in that way of that plan, Lord. Everything that you have given us to experience and to enjoy in this world and everything that you have blessed us with personally, Lord, our gifts, our, our spiritual gifts, the, the art that you have given us to enjoy, the visual arts, the music, Lord, our voices, different ways that we can have to in, just to appreciate and we can use these things to honor you and glorify you as well, Lord. So, Father, I just want to thank you just for the gift that you have given everyone on this planet and the gift that you've given us as believers personally, that Holy Spirit that is able to open our eyes to the truth of what this world really is and what it's meant to be used for, to glorify you, to magnify you, and to point to the fact that you are Father of the universe, Lord. You are the God of all creation, and that your hand not only created all things, but is in control of all things. So, Father, we just thank you for reminding us of that, showing us who you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just um, want to take a little bit of time to just um, focus on some of the, the things that we can really just praise you for. I know. It's easy to get caught up in uh, some of the struggles of our day, struggles of each of our, our individual lives, Lord, and um, sometimes it can pull our, um, our focus away from uh, some of the little things and some of the huge things that you've given us to uh, just be thankful for and to just praise you for. I want to start by just lifting up the anniversary service, Lord. Just We just praise you so much for um, blessing this church with 27 years, Lord. Um, as Donna said, you brought us from... Um, renting out places to have in our own building that we are now allowing other saints to use as a, a blessing to them, Lord. Um, we just praise you for that. We praise you for um, the ministry we're doing here, um, our focus with the rescue mission, with meeting um, the needs of the men in our um, city, Lord. Just all the weddings, the funerals we've had here, Lord. Just so many different, um, different outreaches we've done for our city and so many different things that we have done to try to spread your word, Lord, and that's your ministry. That's for your praise. That's something that you have called us to do, and you have blessed us with the means. We would do it if we didn't have a building, Lord. We would do it um, if we were meeting out of someone's house, Lord, but we know that you have given us this blessing, and you've sustained this ministry. Um, you've sustained this ministry through splits, um, where we have lost several members due to different ideologies, Lord, and you have still sustained this ministry, Lord. You've sustained it through random people giving us land, Lord, and um, also the faithful giving of your saints. And we just continue to just praise you for um, keeping this ministry. And 
I can say for myself, Lord, it, it has been a blessing to me. It has been a blessing to my life, Lord. And it also has been one where it has pointed me towards you, Lord. It has been one that speak, it spoke to me on a spiritual level, Lord, and um, has helped me uh, realize my need for you and to, to get into that walk, Lord, and realize that I need to be a new creation in you. And we just praise you for that, Lord. Lord, we just lift up also just the majesty of your creation, just the awesomeness of the things you've made, Lord. When you think of just um, some of the magnitude of, of what we can experience here on earth, Lord, with um, oceans, waterfalls, mountains, Lord, even to animals and insects, Lord, as we may see them as an annoyance, Lord, but they all have a purpose, and they're all intricately designed, and delicately designed by you, Lord. And you, when you just think about how crazy it can be when um, we, we catch insects and put them in a museum so we can look at them and we study the um, different parts of them. We catch animals and put them in a zoo so we can look at these things and um, do it in a safe way, Lord. Just You have given us so much, Lord, that we can enjoy. And uh, we ask that you just help us not take it for granted, Lord. And we just praise you for being uh, a God that is one that blesses us with these things, Lord, and is one that... Um, is so creative, that you're a creative God, Lord. You've come up with these things that um, animals that look different um, function in different ways, and insects and our nature, Lord, the way it works and in an orderly way, Lord, and it all is for your glory, Lord. And we just praise you. In your name we pray.